Hey, Bourbon Bay. This is Steven, your host Bourbon, with Bourbon Bay Talks. Sorry about that. Uh, so yeah, tonight's episode or morning, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening to this, uh, it's going to be a little different. Instead of doing a whiskey, we are going to talk about a rum. But not to go too far off a topic, it is aged in bourbon barrels. Um I think particularly it was Buffalo Trace or Kabuza and Sun bourbon barrels. Uh, and this bourbon is from the Tampa Bay Rum Company, which just to kind of give you a little uh, history, it was established in 2015, officially opening its doors in 2018. Uh, the owner and proprietor is Samuel Myers. He's a chiropractor who is out in Clearwater, Florida, who started uh, his passion with the distillery. Uh, the head distiller who I got to interview a couple months ago, his name is Brad, really awesome guy, and really just passionate about what he does with the distillery. And kind of a funny story that he was telling me is that when he first started at the distillery, and he's not the first uh, master distiller. There was a, a distiller that started with the company back in 2015, um, but is no longer there. And when he started with the company a couple of years ago, and um, a couple of days after he started, the distillery was hit by lightning, and it caused the uh, equipment to basically, like all the auto or automation and um, computer parts got shut down he couldn't get it to start and the equipment the distillery equipment um was from a company that no longer exists and so he was kind of left on his own he had to figure everything out on his own and was able to and actually operated the equipment manually for a while and then i think he said like a couple months later three four five months, I forget exactly when, um, it was struck by lightning again and everything started working again. Uh, so those for say, or those who say that lightning doesn't strike twice, well, <laughs> and it definitely makes it a true Tampa Bay rum, uh, especially since Tampa is the lightning capital of the world. But to kind of go and give you a little brief history and story about the company, um, so they, based on their website, they say that the legendary pirate Jose Gaspar still lives in our hearts, but his rum was lost to time, forcing fine citizens of Tampa to endure rum shipped from distant lands while celebrating his spirit, as we do every Gasparilla. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this lovely rum is because, hey, we just recently had Gasparilla, the amazing pirate parade that Tampa loves to celebrate every January, February, and March. Uh, so, yeah, kind of getting back to their story. Uh, was based, or yeah, so Tampa's own Gaspar and Gasparilla rum made from the highest, and it's made from the highest grade sugar cane molasses, secret blends of natural flavors and water as pure as rainfall captured from Caribbean summer showers. Our rum will have your palate dancing a jig. Um, and so basically his kind of story was, is that, uh, you know, he began traveling to Tampa for Gasparilla festival at the turn of the century. 
and loved the place so much he moved here. Down and f- after he finished college, after having moved here, he realized that to his horror, that the Tampa Bay area didn't actually have, um, or that we didn't just all be relaxing on the beach, partying, doing parades, and all that stuff. Um, but you know that we actually do work every so often. So he uh, opened up his sh- uh, chiropractor practice and started his endeavor with the distillery in 2015 um, with some investors and through a lot of adversity basically was able to open the doors in 2018. Um, And so kind of doing a little bit of the distillery history. Uh, The distillery is a 1000 steel and copper pot so gallon pot with 24 pallets of vodka columns and four 1,000 gallon fermenters that create perfectly smooth rum to soothe a parched throat. And $12 or doubloons, whichever we have. Um, Yeah, so that's some of the story. And now kind of getting to, this is the... Gasparilla Reserve. So this one's a 92 proof uh, distilled and bottled at the Tampa Bay Rum Company, company and it is finished from in maple syrup rye whiskey cask. Um, sorry. So, yeah, it's a really nice um, – I've had it before. Really good, smooth bourbon. You definitely get that nice little bourbon notes to it. You definitely get the molasses on the nose, um, along with some other floral notes, some brown sugar, and a little bit of caramel and a little licorice in there. And that brown sugar really hits you right up first. And the molasses. Um, And just, yeah, it makes for a very nice, definitely very smooth. Um, And even on the finish, you'd get a little bit of that, like, kind of a minty peppermint almost. And then you get a little bit of licorice again. And almost a little chocolate. I got a little chocolate on that finish. Uh, so, yeah, really nice, smooth bourbon. Um, goes great on its own, neater on the rocks. Um, you could probably put that in, like, a nice little Mai Tai. Uh, even a rum runner would definitely make a nice rum runner. <laughs> but, yeah, and so, yeah, it was a great – time hanging out and i know that i haven't talked about this on the audio podcast and spotify and all the other uh platforms that this reaches but yeah i mean it's just it's kind of like one of those very unknown distilleries out in downtown tampa near ebor uh right by the jc newman cigar uh arturo fuente facility um, so yeah, if you guys get a chance, definitely go. It is a fantastic little place. It's pirate theme. 
Uh, so if you have any events where you love to do a little pirate, I would definitely highly recommend going there. Um, and showing up, Brad would love to show you all the different, um, sorry, all the different choices of rum that they have. I mean, they not only have the Gasparilla Reserve, but they also do, uh, you know, a lime flavored uh, rum, which they call the scurvy rum. Really good. Uh, they do a spice rum. They do a coconut rum, which actually is like almost like a toasted coconut or toasted coconut. Very nice, smooth. Uh, they have a silver rum, butterscotch spice rums. Yeah, and the scurvy lime rum actually tastes like a key lime pie. So it's very if you guys love key lime pie, one I would definitely check out and try for sure. Uh, but yeah, so it's um. Just fitting because we just recently had the Gasparilla Parade, which of course is America's second longest parade. Something that we, I, that Tampa has been putting on since 1904, with the E Mystic, Mystic crew of Gasparilla. That is the crew that does it, and they host it every year. I mean, the last two years we sadly didn't have it because of the pandemic. This is the first year it is back, so was a big party. I uh, went there with a family and friends and we just enjoyed ourselves, had a good time, got lots of beads uh, and definitely lots of floats. Um, and that story of the Jose Gaspar kind of comes from where he was a Spanish uh, aristocrat who was in the Spanish Navy. And after, at least this is one of the myths where he, was tired of all the battles and the fighting uh, between the British and the pirates in Tripoli. Just give me one sec. Um, that they, he decided to convince some of his uh, crew members to mutiny, and they killed the captain and the other members who did not want to mutiny. And they sailed the ship down to the Caribbean and to Spanish-controlled Florida where they set up shop on Charlotte Island, which is near kind of between Sarasota and Fort Myers. And where he basically, that was his home base where he terrorized the West coast of Florida and the Caribbean for a long time until basically his death in the 1820s. Uh, the other story goes is that, you know, he was again, a Spanish aristocrat who joined the Spanish Navy and worked his way up through the ranks, eventually becoming Admiral of the Atlantic fleet, which was in charge of the, of course the colonies in Florida and the Caribbean. And after being in that area for a while was like, screw it. I'm done being with the Navy and took a couple ships and started or became a pirate. And, terrorized the west coast as we had talked about and eventually i think he was the age of 65 wanted to retire but before they retired they saw this what they thought was a rich merchant british ship but it turned out it was actually a u.s navy ship that was in disguise uh and yeah so that's where he supposedly lost his life and so and then there's also a rumor that his treasure is buried somewhere on the west coast of florida has yet to be found. And I mean, kind of how this relates is we know rum was pretty prevalent 
in the Caribbean and in Florida, but it was definitely very expensive to get your hands on. And of course, as we know, pirates didn't really like to pay for things. Uh, typically plundered, stole, uh, killed to get what they wanted. Um, so we kind of have a feeling that during some of those uh, attacks on some merchant ships, especially any of those coming from like New Orleans, which was a major port for whiskey. Uh, that's where a lot of the Kentucky, Tennessee uh, shipments of whiskey would be or sailed down the Mississippi into the port of New Orleans. And then from there, it would be kind of shipped to different parts. So you have a feeling that they did have their chance to try some whiskey, even though it isn't the whiskey that we know and enjoy today. Uh, at most of this time, it was probably only aged about three, four months uh, during its travel. But yeah, so I mean, it is definitely within the realm of possibilities that pirates were definitely not only drinking on some rum as the movies and Hollywood love to betray it, especially as we know in the lovely movie Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> and where they would love to say that it was a uh, why is all the rum gone as Captain Jack was known to say. So, but yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a fun, enjoyable uh, experience while we were there at the um, Tampa Bay Rum Company. Like I said, if you get a chance, head down there. Go meet Brad. He'll definitely love to show you around. He's working not only on some amazing rubs, I'm sorry, on amazing rums, but he's also uh, working his butt off to make some awesome and eventually will be doing his own whiskey. They just purchased some Kabooza and some barrels where they are aging some of the whiskey in there along with some Buffalo trace barrels. And he is working on making his own seltzers and hard sodas. Uh, and trust me guys, if you like hard soda, it is really, really good. I'm not just saying that. Uh, I mean, and then he also gave me something that they're working on, which they're doing a banana dark rum, which is really basically tastes like you're having a nice little banana in your rum. So, yeah, you guys, go support local, go help out local, and definitely go visit Brad. I'm sure he loved to say, hey, show you uh, some uh, and demonstrate some of the amazing products that they're making down there at the Tampa Bay rum company. Uh, I'll put in some of their, their website so you guys can find them and check them out. But yeah, so that is just kind of one segment that we talked about. And if you guys were kind of wondering, I did mention that I am doing a new little segment called the whiskey music hour. And why I wanted to do that is because, one, I wanted to kind of bring in a little topic that doesn't seem to be discussed that often. And that is how, like, you know, whiskey basically helped to influence a lot of different things. Um, it helped to, you know, help create our country. It helped to, uh, you know, hey, we have NASCAR because of moonshine and whiskey. But what people don't realize, too, is like, hey, it helped to influence 
music that we love today, especially country music, which is the number one genre in the country. And I mean, a lot of that came from, you know, I mean, these people who were out there making whiskey or, you know, farmers who were distilling whiskey, you know, I mean, Hey, why they were making this process and why they were waiting for the, the mash to cook and the yeast to, you know, convert those sugars into alcohol, you know, they had to do something. So, you know, they would kind of, you know, play music of, you know, to entertain themselves. And a lot of it happened to be since a lot of these settlers, these colonists that were doing this were Scotch Irish. They were playing music that was from their homeland and they, they were kind of making it their own and coming out with their own, um, style of music. I mean, we're the banjo. So you had bluegrass that kind of came from that in the Appalachia mountains and also up in Canada out in, you know, up in Canada, they were developing these music stylings and eventually, yeah. So that's kind of what became country music, which has influenced hip hop, has influenced rock, has influenced bluegrass. I mean, you know, jazz and so many other different styles of music. I mean, jazz has also kind of come from that era too, because we know that people were definitely kind of, you know, as they were distilling spirits, they were, you know, just kind of coming up with different music stylings. So yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to bring out the whiskey music hour, you know, talk about the history like that. That's why, sorry, you know, what I feel like that kind of helps to relate back to what the purpose of our show is all about my podcast. And so I think, yeah, music is definitely been influenced by whiskey and distilled spirits in general. Um, so yeah, we're first band that I'm going to be do or talking with is of course the river town saints, uh, country band out of Canada and they've have won some Canadian music awards. They've toured with Kit Moore, who's a big country singer here in the U.S. I think we kind of talked about this in the last episode. But, yeah, so, I mean, I'll, hopefully I'll get that out pretty soon. Hopefully you guys enjoy that. Um, we'll probably have their music introduced this episode. But, yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to start that part. And then I'm hoping if you guys like it, smash that like button. Um, Let me know if you have any other ideas and comments. I'm also hopefully going to have an episode where I'm with my friend who started his own rub and spice company. And we're going to do some uh, specials with uh, bourbon inspired cooking. And hopefully that will be something pretty interesting to talk about. So I hope you guys enjoy and thank you guys for joining me for another episode of Bourbon Bay Talks. And as always, if you're going to have a drink, have it with me and Ushka Behe and cheers. <laughs>